Hi everyone and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica Mungis and I am the host and creator of the show. And for this month, I am going to give beginning of episode shoutouts to whoever joins my Patreon page. If you're interested in joining and making a small monthly contribution towards the podcast, which will give you early access to episodes and other benefits, please go to my website, www.thekidsyogapodcast.com, and follow the link there for Patreon. From there, once you join, I will give you personally and your yoga business a little shout out at the beginning of an episode and also direct people towards your social media and website. So I can't wait to see who's going to join our Patreon community. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica. This week, I'm joined by Jenny Abbott. Jenny is the founder and director of Harmony Kids Yoga and Mindfulness Company, the creator of Yoga Break for Classrooms, Harmony at-Home Kits, various parenting and educator workshops, and the My Peaceful Play Game for Kids. She is a registered yoga teacher and registered children's yoga teacher with the Canadian Yoga Alliance, teaching over 10,000 children to date. Jenny is the co-creator of the Harmony 95-hour Registered Children's Yoga Teacher Training Program through the International Yoga Alliance. Jenny offers workshops for parents and educators in partnership with the Institute of Child Psychology. She is also a Color Me Yoga Children's Yoga Teacher graduate, Rainbow Kids Yoga Certified Instructor, with specialties in Yoga for the Special Needs, Safe Anatomy for Children, and trauma-informed yoga for children and youth through yoga ed. In addition, Jenny has taken mindfulness training through Dr. Dan Siegel, author and executive director at the Mindsight Institute and mindfulness-based stress reduction training with the Center for Mindfulness. Jenny has worked with children, families, government, nonprofit organizations, and educators for over 20 years, sharing her passion of bringing happiness and peace into the lives of children through yoga and mindfulness. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jessica. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so happy to connect. And I want to start 
at the beginning of yoga for you. So when did you first find yoga and then how did it impact your life? Um, I first went to yoga when I was pregnant with my daughter. So she's now almost 16 and it was a prenatal class in a rec center in like a library on the carpet. It was awesome. It was very, <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect, but, um, I loved it right away. And then um, my husband suggested that we start going to yoga for date night. Um, probably when, so I have two kids. So probably when my son was about one and um, we had never done yoga together and he's a mechanic. So it's kind of like a surprising thing that he would suggest that. And we did that for years. And, uh, and I just, I just love the way yoga made me feel. It was like, coming home to myself. And as I, when I grew up, I was a dancer and I loved, you know, connecting, um, with my, like, you know, my feelings and emotions and things through dance, but yoga, um, I felt like it took it that the next step further. And it was probably, you know, for someone like me who has anxiety, it was probably the first time I ever felt really relaxed in my body, um, and really at home in my body. And that was, an amazing feeling. And so I was hooked. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, first time I've heard date night yoga. That's incredible. I, know. I love that so <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> He's Everyone says like, you have to go on a date night. I never thought of that. I mean, what, that's such a great way to oh, yeah. take care of yourself and be together. Especially when you have a teacher like we had who, um, I ended up taking my teacher training with and, uh, she just loved to crack jokes. And so it was like, you know, it was like everyone was laughing and, and breathing and moving together. And it was just like, I looked forward to it every week. Yeah. And I love how you described it as coming home to yourself. That's exactly it. That's exactly how I feel too. It's, it's finding that safe place mm -hmm. that's in there, but we lose touch of in the day to day and that, you know, yoga is so powerful in that and that, and, and for those of us who found yoga, it's like the first time you feel that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's why people then are like, oh, I'm, I'm going back. This is, yeah. <laughs> there's something here. Totally. Yeah. So from there, how did you then decide to bring yoga to children? Um, so as I mentioned, the lady that we had as our yoga teacher, um, we were lucky enough to have for our date night yoga um, became my teacher. I originally thought, well, I love yoga so much. Maybe I should become an adult yoga teacher. So I dove in and she started training me one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And um, as I was about halfway through my 200-hour training, um, our daughter, who was seven at the time, started having really, really, really bad anxiety. And she became fearful of going to school. And she was having trouble sleeping and eating and everything. And so as I was in the middle of this training, I'm like, okay, what can I do to help her? how, you know, can I teach her some breathing techniques or, you know, whatever I can take from this adult training I'm taking and, um, adapt it and make it work for a seven-year-old. And so I tried that and she loved it and it helped a lot. Um, and I also got her a great counselor and, you know, a, it wasn't just, you know, one thing we tried a lot of things, but, um, in the middle of trying to figure out how to make it work for her, I realized, Oh, I think I want to do this with kids. Like, um, I've, I taught dance for 11 years and I've always loved being around kids. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me. I think it just that back then it wasn't a thing. Like kids yoga wasn't a thing. Um, and so it was tricky because I kind of 
I was the only person I knew that was interested in that. And um, I talked to different people and said, I think I'm going to just teach kids. And everyone said, that's not going to happen. Mm. <laughs> like, no, no, I really think I'm going to do that. Um, so I really had to kind of carve out my own space and figure it out on my own and develop a program on my own. And um, so I leaned on a lot of um, people who already work with kids, which was mainly teachers and educators and said, like, what do kids need? And, you know, and just spent I, I spent a year um, developing a program and volunteering in my kids schools and other schools to just try to get a sense of what was needed. And I took kids trainings as well um, as finished my junior hour. Wow. And then Harmony Kids just arrived. <laughs> right. So your business. So before we get to that, and I want to hear about that. Um, well, we have in common too. I'm also dance background, taught children's dance, same thing. So uh, there's a lot of people that kind of come from performing arts or dance backgrounds in kids mm-hmm. yoga, which is interesting. But mm-hmm. and also, I'm the more people I talk to, so many people arrived at kids yoga um, from parenting their own children and and being like wait a second, these tools are working for me. Maybe I'll try it with them. And then yes. seeing the power of that. Yeah. It's so incredible how that happens. Yes. So that's great. So this, if your daughter was seven, so this was over 10 years ago that you, yeah. yeah. Okay. So from there, once you started to do that, that research and you were, you were kind of figuring it all out. So then is that when you decided, okay, I think I could start my company. Uh, yeah. It took like probably a good year and a half from the day I thought about <laughs> to actually, yeah, totally, you know, yeah. to actually see it come to fruition. And I started it as a volunteer, um, like I said, because I was developing the program and it was trial and error. So, you know, there were some ideas I had that were, uh, I tried and were a huge flop, but that's part of, um, you know, the joy of working with kids is they're super honest. So if yes. a game isn't fun, they're like, uh, this game's not fun. Like they'll say it, you know, five <laughs> seconds in and you're like, well, okay. <laughs> so it's pretty easy. If you're willing to listen to them, it's pretty easy to, uh, you know, make sure that what you're offering is what they, what lights them up. So that's so great. So where did you start teaching then once you were like, oh, this is kind of catching on. Were you in schools or at studios or, or what? Yeah. Um, I started renting um, a church hall in my community and running classes, um, after school classes there one day a week. And then I started going to preschools and daycares and public schools and um, doing workshops for you know specialty groups like girl guides and scouts and those kinds of things. And then um, over time, we started looking at what I was paying to rent um, the space that I was using. And it was challenging because I was bringing my own kids, um, you know, because of childcare. So they were there and I had to move all my gear back and forth. And there's a a lot of fun Mm -hmm. things that you need for kids yoga. So it was a lot of stuff. Um, after a few years of that, we decided that it made more sense to set up a permanent studio. So we had space in our home and we live in a, a small community, but it's very, um, it's very popular with tourists and things like that. Um, and there are a lot of families around, so it worked really well having that. So then, um, I set that up and had, um, brought on a few other teachers so that they could, um, offer, you know, a more of a variety and more, um, you know, um, more days a week and more classes. And they started going to schools as well. And 
it just, yeah, just kept wow. going. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that so much to hear the natural kind of progression, how it starts and how you just had that instinct of like, wait, even though this isn't really a thing, this is a thing. This is, this is important. And then it's yeah. funny, then it's like, you're like a magnet because then you're starting to attract people that are, you know, that see the power of kids yoga. Um, what has been the greatest reward of having your business? And then what has been, maybe start with the greatest challenge. Yeah. And then we'll okay. Go <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good question. Um, the greatest challenge has been being able to say no, learning how to say no to things I want to do with my business. Mm. Yeah. So like, for example, kids' birthday parties, they're super fun. I love doing kids' birthday parties. Um, you show up, you're the entertainment, you're, you know, um, you're giving all these amazing tools. Most of the time kids have never tried it. It's very unique, um, all those things. But what I learned over time was that they are such a one-time event um, and they take a lot of coordinating to make happen. And then it's like the one event and then that's it. And um, it wasn't really making sense and taking time away from my family on the weekend. So things like that, I had to learn over time that even though I wanted to say yes, um, the, the big picture didn't make sense. And I couldn't say yes to things, even though they were fun or even though, you know, or, you know, there's also with yoga, we have to be aware of our ego. And there's also things that I wanted to say yes to, because I felt like it would, you know, be, I'd be proud to be part of it. Um, but you know, sometimes they didn't line, align with other things and other sacrifices had to be made for, you know, my family to be able to make it happen. So I could go, it just wasn't worth it. So, um, um, that was a challenge being able to, you know, say no to people and, uh, not feel like I was letting them down, but, um, That's so hard that honoring takes, that, that takes yeah. a long time. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And especially when your business is new, um, because you want to say yes. Well, I shouldn't say you. I wanted to say yes to everything because I felt like any opportunity that came to me, I wanted to take. I wanted to learn from it and see if it was a good fit. And that was OK at the very beginning, because um, that is how you learn, like what works and what doesn't. But over time, I had to learn that, like, you know, that pulling back and that getting that perspective and sticking to, you know, the guidelines of, you know, do I want to work Saturdays as well as all the other days of the week? Yes or no. Do I want to be available to my kids, you know, on Sunday mornings? Like those things are important. So um, learning to say no, big challenge. Huge. <laughs> I just want everyone to pause there and think about it because it's so true. And like you said, if you're just starting your kids yoga business, it's okay to be saying yes to everything. That's how you learn. But totally over time, you're going to start to notice what fills you up yeah. and what doesn't. And oftentimes yeah. if you're balancing out family mm -hmm. and, and I also speaking from experience with birthday parties, I also found them to be an incredible amount of energy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would be like, afterwards, I'd just be completely spent because you're basically performing and this is child's birthday. So you're making it, you know, so special for them. But yes. for me personally, I, I always found them, found them a bit too draining. Um, yeah. So. yeah. You're definitely not going to do that. And then, you know, go cook a five course meal and <laughs> right, so or run yeah. a marathon or something. You're, you want to go home and like be very quiet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, so important for people to know. So what has been your, the greatest reward then in having your business? Um, 
it's interesting, but what it is, is what I've, what the kids have taught me. So, um, and this makes me feel emotional to think about it, but I've had the most amazing students, um, whether I've taught them once in a school and they've come up and hugged me and said, um, I love yoga now. I want to do this every day. I can't believe how amazing I feel. Or, um, you know, a child that's come to the studio classes that I've gotten to know over the years and watched them grow. Um, I've worked with a lot of kids with special needs and they have taught me the most incredible, beautiful lessons about um, how to um, how to see people, how to see and especially kids um, with challenges, how to see their hearts and how to see, um, you know, the fact that everybody wants to feel loved and and included and, you know, cared about. And um, I had one time a student who had um, really significant ADD and I knew him really well. And he came to yoga one day and he was just crushed. And I said, what's going on? Because I find, you know, in yoga class, kids really open up, right? So things can come up you don't necessarily plan for or expect. And he said, I just feel like my teachers at school just don't like me, like as a person. And I was like, why would you say that? Because I loved him to bits. And he said, because they just get really frustrated with me because I just can't sit still. And I was, you know, I bet those teachers don't know that that, that he feels that way. And, you know, we know how the kids need to feel like the people around them care in order for them to be, you know, ready to learn and invested in whatever they're doing, whether it's soccer or math or whatever. Um, it just really taught me that even the kids that appear to be quote unquote difficult, um, they still need the same compassion um, even more so because um, they, they, they're not, not sensitive. They pick up on you getting frustrated or annoyed or, you know, they do. And so that was a really big lesson that I learned that, um, that he taught me and a few other students um, also who had anxiety and ADD that, um, you know, just, just to remember that there's a, a beautiful person inside each and every one of us that just longs to feel unconditionally accepted. So mm. I'm grateful for that, for that perspective I never would have had if I hadn't gotten to know, you know, these kids in that, in that way. And they're so, um, they're so good at, at teaching you that and, and really being honest and, uh, they want you to understand. And so, yeah, super, yeah. super grateful for that. That's, that's the hugest reward. I don't think I could have ever even realized like the richness of working with kids in this way and what it, and what yoga and mindfulness, um, what doors it opens. Mm -hmm. and yeah. that, what, that story reminds me of, there's a quote, I quote, I've seen where they say children that need the most love reach out for it in the most unloving ways, something yeah. to that degree yeah. where, and, and like you're saying it, like you're describing the longer you teach, the more you learn because children like that open up to you and tell you what's mm -hmm. going on. And you're, it's like, oh, yeah. I never, I didn't know that they felt that way or that that's what was going on. And it's suddenly it's like, it just completely is eye opening to yeah. child's having an experience like that, where exactly. the behavior is one thing and it's a symptom of something else. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the gift we have as kids yoga teachers is that we are not the teachers that are, that are teaching 
you know, 20, 25 kids all day, full day, right. We're able to see them sit for that hour or whatever it is and just accept them fully for who they are because exactly. that's like, you know, their special time. It's such a beautiful story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Feel very lucky. Yeah. Oh, well, you're, there's so many, I feel like at the end, I always ask a gem, but I'm like, there's like 20 gems already. In the episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm so happy. Um, I want, so I want to shift a little, and this is, I'm very excited to talk a little bit about this. People reach out to me often and ask about marketing because they're like, mm. okay, I want to start a business. Um, basically, how do I get the word out? And so you mentioned you have a degree in marketing. So I'd love to hear your perspective. So I thought a good place to start would be, are there any common mistakes you see kids yoga businesses, or I guess small businesses in general, Mm -hmm. um, that you, that our listeners can avoid? Yeah. Um, I jotted down a few ideas. So, um, the first one is one that I heard, um, a kid's shoe, um, the creator of kids shoes. I don't know if you have them in the United States. They're called Robies. They're like little pull on slipper shoes. I heard oh, yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. She started like in her basement and now it's a huge company. And I heard her on a, a podcast one time talking about how the very first thing she did um, before she even started making them when she had the idea was to ask um her target market. So that's like your ideal customer, like who you think is going to want whatever it is, your service or product to ask them what they thought of the idea and what they wanted. And um, I think that that's a crucial step that we often forget is that we want to do something um, like teach kids yoga, but you know, um, you might want to teach kids yoga, but you live in a city that's, you know, um, not affordable for families so there's no kids around so are then are you willing to travel like that's a very basic um kind of first step that i think people can miss is you know um connecting in with with who your ideal customer is and asking them as many things as you can about what you what what they would want so what kinds of classes would you want you know um what um, like often I found a lot of parents wanted to be able to send their kids together like siblings like so that was important so um, you know just zoning don't forget to zone in on your target market who they are what they're looking for Um, if you skip that step you it's going to be an uphill battle Um, it doesn't mean that you won't get there but it's um, it's just a lot easier if you start Mm -hmm. start that's like the kind of at square one Um, the second mistake is not making it really easy for people to find you, um, to find out what you offer, to contact you, and to buy what you offer. So um, if it's not easy, people will give up. People have very short attention spans. And um, so if you're, you know, say you're promoting your business and you're out somewhere in public, um, I know Mimi from um, her kids yoga has talked about this too, like, have a business card on you, have your, your business name on your t-shirt, have something. So if you're talking to someone and you say, you know, the name of my business is Harmony Kids Yoga, don't expect they're going to remember. Don't expect they're going to go home and go on the website, Like, give them a, mm. give them something to make sure they can find you. And as hard as it is when you're getting started, invest some time and money into setting up, um, 
whether it's a website or a free Google form, um, a way for people to find out what you offer, sign up for a class, pay you online. Um, the easier it is, the more likely that people are going to um, see you as being professional, see you as being approachable, understand what it is you offer and, um, and be ready to buy from you. So like when I first started, I didn't even feel comfortable telling people like how to pay me. So it would be like every time they would sign up for the classes, I didn't have a website yet when I was, you know, early days and they would show up and they'd be like, how do you want me to pay you? And I was so awkward about it. I'm like, oh, well, you could just give me a check or, you know, or whatever works. And it was awkward for them. It was awkward for me. Um, so, yeah. you know, just make it easy for people. Um, the next tip is, um, um, or mistake, I guess that people can make is that they don't do the research. So research ahead of time, like lay the groundwork. What are you going to charge? Do you, are you making the number up or are, is there a reason for it? You know, like mm -hmm. research, um, competitors in your area that have similar offerings. So look at the dance studios and the soccer teams and see what they charge. Um, do your research on what kind of training you need to be able to have this kind of business. Do you need to have a little accounting training or are you going to hire someone? Can you afford that to start? Um, do you need more kids yoga training? Do you need training on working with kids with special needs? Like whatever it is, lay the groundwork so that you're prepared because ideally once you get started and open your doors you're going to be so busy teaching and running your business you won't have time for all those groundwork things so although it will feel slow at first just laying the groundwork and making sure that you're really well prepared so you've got your insurance you've got your space you've got your supplies um you've got your lessons figured out. So you're not scrambling every time you have to teach with like, okay, what do I need? And what are my lesson plans? Like I'm a super crazy over-organized type of person. So I would have like a list of the supplies for each class and then the class plan and then what I needed to take. And then I'd have my calendar where I was going. Like if I didn't do that, um, you know, and, and hadn't kind of laid that groundwork, then when you show up to teach, the kids are going to pick up on that. Like if you're chaotic, which is hard not to be when you have all those things to manage, mm -hmm. but they're going to pick up on that. So you just want them to be able to come in and, and for you to feel grounded and ready. And it takes time. So um, mm. take the time to do that. And then the last mistake is not having a plan. So that would be like, um, who's your ideal customer? What do you want them to do? Like, do you want them to sign up for a year of weekly classes? Um, uh, if you don't know what your plan is, like what you want to offer and what you want from your customer, they won't know. <laughs> they won't know, you yeah. know, they show up for class and they say like, oh, is this every week? And you're like, oh, I don't really know. Um, yeah, probably for maybe two more weeks and then we'll see. And then they're like going, is she even going to be here in two weeks? This doesn't sound very, so have a plan and you can change your plan, but at least have an idea of what you're offering and who it's for and what you want them to do. Do you want them to sign up for, you know, eight weeks or do you want them to commit to whatever it is so that they understand what they need to do to be part of your amazing class? Yeah, those are, I feel like a theme in all of that is just having clarity with yes. each yeah. step and from the, the groundwork, from the beginning, who who is your... First ask, who is my target audience? Do you want to teach every age? Do you want to teach family yoga? Do you want to just teach teenagers? And starting there. Mm -hmm. And then like you're saying, yeah, just having clarity because like you said, if you don't have the clarity, then 
people coming aren't going to either and making it easy. That's so huge. Making it easy for people to sign up. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. I know me, like if I'm researching a class for my kids, if I can't figure out, (laughs) you know, I've got like two minutes before I'm interrupted by my kids. Exactly. If I can't figure it out, forget it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. That's what that that's life these days, right? It has to be really really easy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I love that. So those are things that kind of what not to do or what to avoid. Do you have any tips on just general tips for marketing that we should yeah. be doing? Yes. Um, the first one is be prepared to do some free promotion. So it's not, you know, obviously if you're running a business, you want to get paid, but um, doing demo classes at events. Um, so like um, community festivals or school, especially school festivals or, um, you know, fun family fun nights at schools. Um, maybe through churches, if they're like, there's a community parade, um, or even doing like, you know, a demo class um, for a group, like, um, say, girl guides who could potentially be students, you don't have to do a two hour class, you can do a 20 minute class, it doesn't have to be a big commitment. But if you, um, you know, um, again, that's part of laying the groundwork is it's getting your your face and name out in front of people. I've found in my experience that when I say I teach kids yoga, people are like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the next thing they say is, oh, I don't think my kid could do yoga because yeah. they're, yeah. they're, they can't be quiet. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what kids yoga is. It's like really like fun and loud. And, and they're like, oh, so until people can see it, especially if it's new in your community or your program is new and different and you are new to the scene, let people see what it looks like, um, even if it's a little bit of time and be prepared to do that. So there's a few community events that I do every year and I have for, for, since I started and they're free, I do them for free and I always get students signing up. Um, and so that would be one tip to grow your businesses. Just be prepared that that will be part of what you'll need to do. And you get to decide how much obviously, um, and invest in, um, assign nice flyers, um, colorful and interactive activities in your demo class or at your booth or whatever it is. Um, and make sure you put your, um, how to sign up on everything, like everything. If you have coloring sheets, it's on there. If you have, you know, um, contest forms for people to enter, to win a free semester of classes, it's a tear off on the entry form. Like it's on everything so that there's no chance that they're going to walk away from, you know, seeing your fun um, sample of what you offer and not remember how to sign up. Um, so that would be the first one. The second one to grow your business that works really well is doing bring a friend days um, in your classes. Even if you have like two kids in your class, have them bring a friend and then offer um the families of those friends, some kind of an incentive to sign up. Um, referrals and word of mouth are what has grown my business the most. And um, be patient because that takes time. But if you lay the foundation where, um, you know, you're getting referrals from people who've, who have experienced your classes, they're going to do your marketing for you. And it gets easier and easier over time. So I got to the point where I didn't have to promote my classes very much at all because I had such an amazing community of students and their families would just tell other families. So, um, you know, that's, that would be the second one for growing. And the third one for growing your business is create a community. So, um, you want to invest in your students. So, you know, have events where they, you can bring them all together, whether it's a picnic or some kind of a community, um, 
support program. Like we used to do a yoga show once a year and have everyone bring food for the food bank. And so it was like, we're not only, um, you know, um, sharing what the kids have learned and coming together and seeing, you know, the other students, but we're also, you know, doing something to support other people in the community and making the kids aware and whatnot. Um, I had a buddy program a couple times where I paired up my youngest students with my oldest students and they did yoga together and, you know, plan things out and got to know each other. And they, they shared their love of, you know, the program and um, our studio together. And so just create, um, you know, ways for a, a sense of community and, um, and invest in the kids. So, you know, um, go to their, you know, plays or their dance recitals too, or, you know, um, give them birthday cards when it's their birthday, you know, just really, um, if you're working with kids, I'm assuming you love kids. So, you know, make, make your community know that you love them and, uh, and that will grow your business because who doesn't want to be part of that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so, I love that last one. Um, that's something I think that we forget that it's like outside of just the, the class you're teaching that outside of that is a whole community that you can Mm -hmm. nurture and grow. And like you said, now you're at a point with your business where you, it's more like word of mouth. People know about what you're offering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for all of that. That was huge. I'm I'm so excited for people to hear this because when I get that question, I'm like, marketing is not my specialty. I like, I, you know, (laughs) and I was like, I want to talk to someone who knows and, and you've touched on some really important things that I think are going to help a lot of business owners. Is there anything that you wanted to add or do you feel like that covers most of it? I mean, I think that covers most of it. I know when I took marketing, you know, in school, um, you know, they talked a lot about how to advertise and all of that, but my experience has been that the best advertising is you. It's, it's you getting out in front of people and then seeing what you, what you're about. Um, kids will be drawn to that. And then the parents are just like, great, where do I sign up? So yeah, yeah. yeah the referrals, the word of mouth, the being out in the community events, um, those are, those are really important. Absolutely. And do you find for your business is social media important or is it not as much? Um, I know it depends on the business. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's interesting. Most of the people that I interact with on social media through for my business aren't necessarily people who are local um, right. and able to come to classes. So right. I, I almost think that um, it's like a different market. It's like the people on social media are there and they're, you know, seeing the tips I'm offering or, you know, what's available for them, whether they're, you know, in the US or Australia or whatever. And then the local people just, you know, we interact face to face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It depends on your business model too. If you are offering virtual classes, say, then social media could be a good advertising platform. But if your business is local, it might not necessarily be the way that you're connecting. So don't spend all your energy there if that's not what is bringing in people. Yeah, exactly. And maybe the local people do want to see you on social media a lot. It probably just depends on, Mm -hmm. you know, um, depends on all that. My, my experience has been that most of the people in my area, um, the parents aren't like really big on social media kind of people. I don't know. It may just be a coincidence. I don't know what it is, but they would rather, 
you know, get an email or go to the website mm-hmm. or just ask me something. So yeah, know your community, know how people are communicating yeah. and, and hearing about things. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, like I said, I already feel like there's a lot of gems in this episode um, <laughs> that I'm pumped about, but um, for you, if you were to offer just that one big uh, piece of advice to those sharing yoga with children, what would it be? It would be do what lights you up first. Don't offer what you think people want. If you think that people want Minecraft yoga and you hate Minecraft, don't offer Minecraft yoga. You won't like it and the kids will <laughs> the kids will know. Um, you need to do what lights you up because that's what gives you energy and enthusiasm and kids need that. They need to be around people who are, you know, um, authentic because kids will see right through you right away. Uh, the best actor in the world could not fool a child that, you know, you say, this is really fun. And they're like, you don't look like you're having fun. <laughs> or, you know, you're smiling, but that is a very forced smile. So, um, do what lights you up. If you love, you know, art, do art with yoga. If you love dance, make sure there's dance in every yoga class. If you love to sing, then you're singing and teaching, you know, and, um, when you do that, the kids that need what you authentically are about and what lights you up, they'll be drawn to your classes and they will come to you. And, um, and there's like a beautiful kind of synergy from that and great energy from that. So, um, be, be your authentic self. And then you will find your, your kids yoga community and, uh, everybody will will love it. Yeah. I'm like, mic drop. I just want to, this is really, um, this conversation has been very enlightening and I think people are going to just get so much out of this. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I want people to be able to find you, people that are local or just internationally that would like to follow you. So where are the places where they could find you? Yeah, uh, I have a website. It is harmonykidsyoga.com. And I'm also um, opening another website kind of, and it will be um, connected and it's the Harmony Kids Co. So either of those, um, you'll find all of my offerings. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram, same thing at Harmony Kids Yoga. And um, yeah, there's tons of stuff on the website. Um, we're getting a revamp done. So there's going to be um, free resources for educators, for healthcare professionals, and for families. There's going to be a kid's corner on there that's coming, um, probably be coming in August. And um, classes and, and all, of the, all of the things that we, you know, hope support um, kids in their, in their well-being and their health and happiness. So yeah, you can visit us on any of those platforms. And um it'll be me responding. So if you have questions, please reach out. I'm super excited to connect with your community. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I feel like I want to have you back on to talk about before we started recording, I was like, you did training with Dan Siegel and you, <laughs> I mean, you've done the special needs training and you, there's a lot that you've done. So maybe you can come back on. We could talk about some other, sure, the work yeah. that you've done. I would Thank love that. You. Thank yeah. you so much for, uh, for being on and Let's, we'll talk soon for sure. Okay, that, that sounds great. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the Kids Yoga Podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page, 
and you will see different monthly subscriptions which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.